the universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war, there is only dice and pipes. You know, there's something to blow in smoke in your glass when you're drinking some whiskey. Just cool oh, we're, we're recording. Oh, my bad. Hey, welcome back to a new... Sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, I missed the handle. No, we'll get to the intro in a second. I want to make sure that you're okay over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you just oh, thin. it's like just hanging. Yeah. Very limp. Very, it's a limp noodle. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to another Dyson Pipes Warhammer Edition podcast. I'm your host, Chris, along with... Our favorite DM host, Brian. Brian, how are you? You're toking away on your pipe. I am wonderful. What are you smoking? I have some plum pudding in my uh, Nording estate. I like that pipe. I think it's probably, what, a straight, so slightly bent billiard? Yeah. Maybe straight. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Not limp. Like, no, like, like, my, fucking, like my noodle. That's terrible. You should, it's turgid. Turgid. <laughs> turgid, Yes. You should see a doctor for that. Big What's problem. going on? Nothing. Same shit. I'm I'm very upset to learn that um your your lips are touching alcohol for the first time in like two three weeks. Yeah. Uh. Well, for the listener, it would be since last week, but for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks? No. How long ago was that fucking party? Uh, that was like three weeks ago. I feel really bad for you. You really need to drink. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, Woodford. Woodford Reserve. Excellent. As provided to us by uh, Michael J. Fish. He's a true gentleman. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon. Uh, this particular bottle is 750 milliliters. I thought you were going to say dollars. Let's say fucking we got ripped off by this guy. We sure did. Uh, he was shaking a little too much and put the decimal point in the wrong place. What? Don't no? talk about that. He's sensitive about he that. He is, right? All right. We'll, we'll bring it up as time goes on. Once he gets Parkinson's a little more Parkinson's is no joke. No, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, I, I kind of look at Woodford not exactly like the Budweiser of uh, of whiskey. I, I think that's probably reserved for Johnny Walker. Yeah, that's, I was about or to say, Jack that's Daniels, like a like, slap in the face to Woodford. Yeah, but it's not like you're not you're not hunting on high to find Woodford Reserve. But uh, Clyde gave me this this plum pudding, and uh, it, it paired plum pudding so far has paired nicely with uh, coffee. Um, I tried it last time with mm. uh, some Paladin coffee. It worked just fine. Uh, it works with uh, this this uh, Woodford Reserve, and I believe I also tried it with uh, some Schiffes Regal. Ooh. Speaking of Paladin coffee, that Cameroon coffee is fucking delicious. Yeah, dude, it's so good, and I can't wait. Oh, I finally settled my my beef with Cuisinart. You did? Yeah, yeah. So Let's I'm get getting it. I'm getting for those dude for those I, that who don't should know. Be a toast. Let's toast them. We're okay. going to get to that in a minute. Actually, yeah, this is this oh, is oh off the cuff, but fuck them. Fuck them. <sighs> Cuisinart. I'm like sweating now. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> aggravated. I'm fucking sweating. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, I am also drinking Woodford, which I agree. I, I, well, actually, I don't agree. I don't think it's the Budweiser of, of whiskey. I mean, it's, it's definitely up there. Maybe the Corona. Fuck Corona. I don't have to put a fucking a wedge of fruit. <laughs> in my whiskey. I don't even put ice in this shit. But you can put a wedge of fruit in your whiskey. Sure. 
Yes, you could. Yes, you could. If you improperly make it old fashioned. What a disappointment that first old fashioned you turned me on to. But it was saved. It was saved. Anyway, um, no, I, I enjoy Woodford. If I go out and, uh, and I take a look and see what's on the shelf at the bar, I'll, I'll generally, if I'm going to drink whiskey straight at the bar, I'm probably going to look for Woodford or Maker's Mark. I don't know what it is, but Maker's Mark has really made a mark on Ooh. me. Yes, I'm its mark now. Yes. A mark for Maker's Mark. A mark for Maker's Mark. I <clears throat> usually go with either Woodford or if I'm trying to bougie it up, uh, some Glen Fittich. Yeah, Glen Fittich is good. I like Glen Fittich, but totally, you know, we're talking Scotch first. Yeah, good old American. And Woodford. if somebody else is buying the McKellens, <laughs> <laughs> or the Dalmore that I was drinking last night, which is fucking amazing, excellent good shit. Um, I am smoking some Sutliff Five Fifteen RC One. Why it has to have this bizarre name? Like, what's that shit from uh, The Living Dead? Two four five trioxin. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm smoking Sutliff two four five trioxin. <laughs> so I'll only be with you for a few moments and then in my zombie state. And I'm smoking that out of my unfinished Savinelli Levat, which is really dude. Look at the color on it. It's actually it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. These are steel, I think. No, they're wood. No, no. no I'm sorry. They're not made of steel. A steel, like S T E A L. Ah, right. Sorry, not the double me. E. I'm sorry. Pardon. I, I, w- I wasn't clear. I was not clear. Pardon. Um, not that he's a promoter of the show or anything like that. We're not sponsored by anybody, but I had gotten this from uh, pipenook.com. And uh, that guy's kind of funny. If you ever watch his YouTube channel, he's always doing his videos from like the West Parlor. Oh, and it's like a room in his house, right? You know, with like fucking plastic <laughs> shelves behind him and like tins of tobacco. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's fucking bougie. And then I realize like he's in like a closet in his house, but he seems like he's a decent guy and he carries these uh, series three unfinished Savinelli pipes. And I have two of them. And so far they are, they're like a, a solid smoking pipe. And this pipe in particular really handles the Virginia's well. Now, we weren't around for um, McClellan. I'm sorry to stop you real quick. Oh, we have breaking news. Directly behind you is south. So so where are we? I guess in you, relation to... So we are on the west bank I would say of we're, the estate. we are in the west parlor. We are in the west parlor. Holy shit. From now on... <laughs> Could, could the we? West Parlor. <laughs> totally stealing that. I like I like West Bank. <laughs> the West Bank. Of the estate. Yeah. Because this is a complex. The Western study. The Western. But we're detached. Right. So it's not a hmm. I'll have to think on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. Proceed. No, my bad. I'm just stimulating the, the brain. Yes. Now I forgot where I was. Oh, the pipe, delicious. Tobacco, even better. 515 RC1, which I guess turns into, and oh, that's what I was saying. We weren't around, or we came into smoking pipes at the tail end of McClellan's reign. And it's unfortunate that they ended up going out. Thank you, uh, federal government. <clears throat> but um, I guess a lot of people used to pick up for like just bulk smoking this McClellan 5100 red cake. And not that this compares directly to it from what I've read. 
Um, but this is another one that you can you can be comfortable and confident if you go on like smoking pipes or pipes and cigars. Buy this in bulk and just throw it in a big fucking jar and pick from it and make this like your everyday Virginia. It's good. I think I don't know if you tried this one. This is the one. It's like real, like super tangy. Can I see the tin? Uh, well, it's in it's in the jar. Smell that. It's got like a lot of. Uh, it's almost like vinegar. Oh, that was a cool pop. Right? You smell like... Yeah. It's got like a vinegar smell to it. But it doesn't taste like vinegar, so don't be turned off by the description. It's it reminds me of a little drink Ooh. known as a pickleback. Ugh. I'm throwing this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to people who've never heard of or tried a pickleback exactly what that is well, and how disgusting... If you're the... The uninitiated, a pickleback is uh, a two-part process. Uh, you get a, a well three sh- if you count the trip to the bathroom. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You get a shot of uh, traditionally tequila, I believe. Uh, you so you do your shot of tequila, and then you immediately chase that with a shot of delicious dill pickle juice. <laughs> dill pickle juice yeah don't come with me with this bread and butter bullshit dill pickles extra oh. dill extra pickly oh my god no I'll, I'll stick to that's a drink I can get behind no I can get behind the Woodford or any whiskey for that fact yes just as long for me that it doesn't have ice I prefer no ice but anyway that's just me I don't like the watered down shit you, uh, you asked me about uh my my hiatus of drinking beverages for a while, and uh, we had this party that we went to, and uh, I was asked to give a speech, and I was asked to not drink scotch until after the speech because they were afraid I was going to fuck everything up. Not saying that that's not entirely deserved. Well, did you drink scotch? I did not. What did you drink? I drank uh, white wine. Did you take notes? Um, for your speech? I did. Did you reference them during Not the speech? Not once. No, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, sh- you should have just drank the scotch. Oh, not, only, not only did I not reference my notes, I had to utilize the DJ booth to <laughs> maintain my vertical balance. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Which was good. No, you did good. You did Thank good. You. The speech Thank was you. great, and you didn't fall. And, I you, did. and you made it through the entire night. I did. After the, Which was good. After the speech, uh, our friend came up to us and said, now you can drink scotch. So after one, two... Three. Twelve glasses of wine. Twelve? You had a dozen glasses yes. of wine. Yes. And you know what? We'll make it a baker's dozen because there's probably one I missed somewhere in there. That's fair. Uh, then I started drinking the uh, Johnny Walker Black, I believe. Um, yes, yes. That's what they had. I had probably about three glasses of those. And then the last thing I remember was, well, things get spotty from there. I remember car surfing in the parking lot. Now I'm I'm closer to uh, the half century of life than I am the birth, and I'm riding on the top of a minivan, car surfing. Well, I think if you had said that you were riding on the top of a minivan, people would have just assumed that you were closer to fifty than you were to zero. <laughs> right, that'd be on the inside. Right, of right, the minivan. Right. Uh, no, I was on top of it. Uh, what were you doing on top of it? Just riding it for no particular purpose. Just. Hanging out. Looking for our friend Sarah. Sarah was in her car. <laughs> Which is probably why you never found her. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what happened when you were on the van? Well, allegedly, uh, my glasses broke, and 
I woke up the next morning with a very bright red eye because <clears throat> according to the, the rumor and innuendo, I was sticking my finger through the open port of my glasses, jamming myself in the eye, and then spinning my glasses around to prove <laughs> that I broke my glasses. Uh, we eventually went to a bar and got kicked out. I don't remember why. And so uh, myself and another associate who remained nameless uh, were upset that we got kicked out and started throwing our empty glasses at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Your friends with a bunch of fucking savages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that fucking shiny bald-headed prick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody called me an Uber, and I woke up the next morning, got kicked out of the hotel, and I had to walk around the parking lot of this uh, party location searching for my glasses. And it really put things into perspective for me. It was like a life check. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I went back to Denny's and ate a Grand Slam, which oh, that's with delicious. everything hash browns, uh, which is the same tactic I used, by the way, yes. when I was in college and had to recover. Denny's is by far, in my opinion, the greatest recovery food for a hangover. Yes. You know, nothing beats it. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, you can go home and cook yourself, but who the fuck wants to do that on a hangover? I'd rather go and order a nice, like, moons over my hammy. Yes. And just fucking chow down and let that absorb all the alcohol. Yes. You know? Um, It's magical stuff. And uh, unfortunately, doing it these many years later, uh, same tactics, same, what did I do? Mm. Like, the. eh. So I I made a conscious decision. I'm just not going to drink for a couple of days, two weeks, three weeks. It took a little break. Yeah, that's good. So, well, on today's episode, mm. um, I guess we'll be uh, getting into a little more fun with. Uh, I almost said Harrison, but obviously we're not doing Harrison. No, today. that's Bannon. Yes, uh, I believe when we last left Bannon, he had just uh, murdered Slugbelly. My one of my favorite enemy characters of all time, and we're early in our in yeah. our season, so it can only. I shouldn't say it can only get better. Now we're going to make people think it's only going to get worse, but no, just wait. There's some great shit coming, especially in this episode. This turns out to be pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but before we get to that, oh, I have to make a toast. And okay. This, this is kind of what are they impromptu? This is yes. more impromptu because I had I had another toast in mind, but I was reminded of this. Fucking horrible experience with this horrendous company called Quizenart. So I, I want to I want to clank glasses. Oh yes, all over the camera bag. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck that bag. Okay. Oh. Here's to Quizenart, you piece of shit company. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning, shall okay. we? So my wife and I we're we're a bit of like coffee snobs. I'm sweating. I have to take my fucking sweatshirt off. Hold on. Hold on. Bear with me. I'm dying over here. Oh, by the way, I was going to wear my, my... Would you refer to me as my surfer plaid shirt? Yeah. I was going to wear that. And You wore the other today. surfer plaid I, shirt. No, this is more like like backwoods. No. It's red and black that's, and gray. That's more like hipster trying to pretend to be Stop, a lumberjack. Don't, don't ever. Don't ever <laughs> use me and the word hipster. All you need is a big obnoxious beard. <laughs> Retirement. What is that from Hot Fuzz? There's only one thing you have that he doesn't. A great big bushy beard! <laughs> uh, maybe in like 20 years. There you go. Cuff the sleeves. Yeah. Well, I'm fucking, I'm getting down into this. This this is good. So, <clears throat> uh, like I was saying, my wife and I, we, we enjoy coffee. We're not yeah. crazy, but we enjoy coffee. So, we went out after, uh, after we recently moved. So, 
uh, we ended up going and, and doing some research and we found this really good coffee machine made by fucking Quizinart. And it's supposed to simulate like the whole pour over. Pour Explosives. Explosives. It's supposed to simulate the pour over technique of making coffee. Something that's new to me. Like I said, I'm not a complete snob, but whatever. I'll fucking try anything. A lot of people say that it's good. So long story short, we get this machine and somebody, I'm not going to say who, my wife, breaks <laughs> the carafe because the carafe The is what? The carafe. What is a carafe? That is the... Um, the glass jug? The glass jug. Thank you. That the coffee goes into. I'm sorry. <laughs> the carafe. Um, it ends up breaking. So the only place to get said carafe for this particular coffee maker is through Quizinart's website. So I go on Quizinart's website. September 27, 2018. Oh. That's when I went on their the website. The year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. 17. 18. 18. 18. Yes. So, um... Just to order this giraffe. Just to get a fucking giraffe. Drink. Fuck. Oh, wait. You have to roll. Okay. Again, just to refresh. Wow, we actually went pretty far. How long into this are we? We're about maybe 20 minutes or so. 16. 16 minutes. What did I say? Giraffe? You said a giraffe. I thought you were making a joke for a fucking giraffe. Um, On the Warhammer version, we're going to roll to drink. This is a, uh, what, a DN of two. So you're rolling three dice, including a wrath. Uh, Four dice, right? Four dice. Including a wrath. Including a wrath. For DN of two? Three regular dice and a wrath. And a wrath. Yeah. Wow. It's like so easy to not. We got to make this harder. We should be drinking more. You want to make it a DN of three? Let's make it a DN of three moving forward. Come on, baby. Yes. First drink of the of the show here. Ooh, what the sound effect. So, September 27th. I got two icons. Thank God we changed it. Son of a bitch. We should make it progressively harder. We should start with one, and then if you fail, it becomes two. No, nah, that's going to be too complicated. We'll be too yeah. fucking drunk. <laughs> that's going to be that's gonna be a bit of a mess. Difficulty of 13. <laughs> so, um, so I ordered this carafe back in September on their website. So I get, like you typically would when you order something, you, you get an email notification. I had to give them my email address. So I get an email notification that my order was placed, and that was that. So about a month goes by. We're now pushing into uh, the end of November, and I'm now stuck using a French press. Oh, Man, good I sound like such a you. fucking douchebag. No, 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 it's I fine. went from a fucking Cuisinart pour-over simulating machine to a French press. I'm a dick. I have a Mr. Coffee. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> I'm such... Well, this just explains why I order fucking coffee from fucking Cameroon. So, um, yeah, end of November comes by. I call Cuisinart. They're like, oh, uh, yeah, that's on back order. All right, great. No problem. I'm perfectly fine. Quizinart, big shit company, happens. shit yeah. happens. It's on back order. So after after the holidays, Christmas rolls around. I figure, you know what? I'll wait till after Christmas. They'll probably get their stock back in, and I'll give a call. So I don't see anything in the mail. I get no email notification. So I give them a call at the end of uh, December. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Our system's down. We can't help you right now. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you have my the, money. The system and now the system is down. This is where this is where my aggravation level rises and my problems begin, because now I start calling once a week, and every single time I call, it's one excuse after another. The system is down. Oh, we can't check our inventory right now. Oh, it's still on back order. Um, yeah, I called three weeks ago, and they're like, oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you placed an order with us. Yeah, we don't fulfill orders anymore with Quizinart. Your order was canceled. Oh, thank you. Uh, when was my order canceled? 
December 27th. Okay. Mm. Now, at the time of this recording, we're in April. I called at the end of March. My order was canceled four and a half months before I even fucking found out that it was actually canceled. So fuck you, Quizinart. Now, they did make it up to me. I should be clear. They did make it up to me. I spoke with the manager, and they ended up, uh, they're sending me a free crap. I still haven't gotten that, so that's probably smoke and mirrors, too. I'm probably not getting this fucking craft. If I don't get the craft in two weeks, I'm going to take this fucking coffee machine, and we're going to gravity test it off of the roof of my house. Yes. And we'll record it. Right off the YouTube. Williamsburg Bridge. Oh, yes. <laughs> with the VCR. Listen, that, that's a very good point. <laughs> I am obsessed. We drive over the Williamsburg Bridge when we go home. Um... I'm obsessed. I really want to throw something off of the bridge. Now, this is probably going to get me arrested because I'm sure now somebody is going to chuck something off of the Williamsburg Bridge and they're going to come and find us. No, we're not calling for people to, we're not calling for direct uh, appliance violence. We're uh, simply saying what we would do. Right, right, right. So if saying what we would do leads to somebody doing, it's where we're now, disconnected. Now the them. coffee community is going to come at us with hate speech. Oh, we can't have that. How do I handle hate speech with my fragile psyche? So long story short. I mean, you do drink out of a fresh French press. And a fresh press? Fuck. Yes. Yes. Come on, baby. See what happens when you don't drink for three weeks? Your fucking tolerance is in the <laughs> shitter. Motherfucker. Yes. Oh, this is, this is good stuff. We had to play test this more. The balancing is way off. <laughs> two icons. Again. What's on your wrath? Two. Oh, okay. I, w- I, I would tell you. Don't no, I was just curious. I think we should, we should allow the, uh, the listener to know what, That's the, true. what the wrath dice That's true. is. A peek behind the curtain. Because, again, what are we doing for the wrath? If it's a one, you drink twice. Yeah, it's a, if it's a, it's six, a critical miss. A fumble, right. And if it's an exalted icon, which is a six, then... I get you, a point of ruin. And you shift it to me. If I, at, you so at my leisure. But you also drink depending on what the overall outcome right, is. Right, yes. Got it. Got Failing it. forward. Fail forward. Drinking forward. That works, too. So here's to you, Quizinart. I'm hoping in the next 10 days I get this fucking carafe. Otherwise, I'm throwing this thing off of the Williamsburg Bridge. Wait, how do we record? No, we can record that. Yeah, we have, we have the technology. We do. We can make it happen. So we'll have to wear masks. <laughs> oh, shit, yes. Here's to Quizinart. Okay. Well, this is off to a blazing success. I need more Woodford. Uh, yeah, let's do that. And uh, while I refill the glasses... Um, we'll see how uh, how Bannon's doing. I hope he makes it through. I think he will. He's going to hit a bit of a rough patch. <laughs> Just a bit of a rough patch. Clyde! <laughs> ah, the following gameplay is brought to you by Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at paladincoffee.com. Warning. The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. So I do eight damage. What do you think happens no. to Slug Belly? Oh my god, this is very exciting.
So again, I'm using the auto pistol. I just broken free, free of his jowl juice. And um, I'm just firing away at this guy. It seems like initially it's doing nothing. And then I guess the last round, it starts to stagger him. So this one, since I aim, I aim right at that third eye and pull the trigger. And I send a round straight through that fucking eye. And it just rattles because it's just a pistol. It just rattles around his brain. And he just slowly drops down, which is ooze. The same ooze that he fucking threw on me. Somehow it's connected to his mouth. It's just pouring out of that fucking eye socket. And he falls to the ground. The servitors just continue making drugs as if none of this was even happening. Oh, thank God. And Slug Belly is dead. So, here we are. What would you like to do? Well, the first thing that I would like to do... Bannon is going to break out his uh, Rossi Rubino author. Okay. He's going to pack it with a little pirate cake. Ooh, feeling a little, uh, a little shibber me timbersy. Yeah, why not? Because fuck it, that's what we're smoking. Pirate now. cake is delicious, dude. This is great. I love this shit. It's very nice. If you haven't smoked pirate cake before, we, we've we've experienced for the first time uh, the the cake version of this tobacco. Uh, don't bite off more than you can chew. No, right? No, little pinches at a time. Because little, that, that little cake, goes a long way. That for some reason, as soon as that cake is removed from the block, there's some kind of strange science that happens where it just keeps growing. It's like those old things that you used to have as a kid, right? That you used to drop in the water. What the fuck were those things? They started as little pills, and yeah, then they yeah, turned yeah. into like a seven foot tall. Yeah, and they were like real slimy. It kind of reminds me of Slug Belly's jowl juice. Yes, they're fucking like sticky and gross. I hated it. Like you got all excited as a kid when you first yeah. bought it, but then when you did it, you were like, "This is disgusting." Right? And you threw it out. It's like when you got uh the uncle or the aunt who doesn't really like you and they give you sea monkeys for Christmas. Wait, that's funny. My parents gave me those. What? So what's Bannon doing? So, so all right. Very funny. <laughs> all right, in all seriousness. Uh, so through the course of the explore, exploration of this cave, right, I've, I've pretty much gone through every single room. So this is like the last room that Bannon has not fully... Explored? Correct. I, I think I did like a once-over right before yeah. we ended the last time. So Slug Belly is dead. I retrieved a, a tooth from him. I have this data slate. Um, now I see there's these uh, two servitors in there. Uh, the room is fairly large, right? I mean, uh, it, it has a lot of supply that they're putting together in here. So yeah. I would think that this is one of, if not the bigger... It's probably the second largest room only to one of the sleeping quarters. Uh, it appears larger than it actually is because there's not much in here. There's Slug Belly's right. desk, which is devoid of a computer on top. Uh, or, I'm sorry, a cogitator. Uh, there's nothing really on the desk. It's more just for him to sit there and make sure that these servitors are preparing, presumably, presuming the drugs correctly. Okay. Uh, for once, I think Bannon is going to act in a humane way. Um before I, I, I do anything outrageous, I'm going to put these servitors out of their misery. Okay. Bannon has a soft spot for them. He, he kind of feels for what they've gone through in their life in order to, uh, not in order to, but, uh, you know, getting up to this point. So he's going to, um, are either of them armed by any chance? No. Or they're just, okay, so no, they're just they're very, unarmed, like slaves to the drug. They're very clearly mode. programmed 
because uh, you, I would assume you've been in here for a few minutes at this point. And they just and, look like drones. Yeah, they did not even notice the battle with Slug Belly and his two bodyguards. Um, okay. They are very clearly programmed to just continue manufacturing Wizard until they run out of materials. All right. So I, I pull my auto pistol out, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to put a round in each of their heads. Talking like walking up behind them, point blank behind the head. Yeah, yeah. I think that's okay. the, the best way to go about that. Uh, do me a favor. Yes, please. Just roll me one wrath dice by itself. Hmm. I got an icon. Okay. All right, so I would imagine the two servitors go down. The first one drops. Uh, the second one doesn't even realize it happened. I imagine they're on opposite sides of the room. Right. Uh, so they don't crisscross and cross-contaminate their, their ingredients. I imagine you go to the second one, drop him. No issues. Okay. In this room, there's product that's already... They're putting it together there, finalizing the drug. How is it packaged? So it appears, from your knowledge of walking through this entire chem mine, that in Slugbelly's room, you can deduce that the drugs are made here. Now, if, I, if you recall, the first room that you walked in when you first entered this chem mine... Uh, there were several crates, and there were a couple of guys uh, doing, like, inventory. Right. So at some point, there's no empty stim canisters that you can see in this room, but at some point, these the drug is inserted into a, a stim, an empty stim canister, and they're transported either already manufactured in the canister or they're placed into the canister in that original room that you came in that are full of crates. Those crates are filled with ready-to-go wizard. Okay. Is there any ready-to-go wizard in this room? Because I would think if, if it's being put together here, then it gets transported into that room and packaged? Yes. I would say there's uh, a moderate amount. Uh, and there's enough in here where it could go either way. It was either for Slug Belly and his bodyguard's personal use or... Maybe it was being prepared to be sent to this housing chamber at the beginning of the mine. Okay, and the only reason why I ask is because there's enough for like a like a personal use level. I'm gonna take some and pocket it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, I, I imagine there would be at least several dozen loose canisters of wizard. Okay. Whether in so crates or this gets loaded into some sort of like injection gun. That Correct. You then okay. uh, I have a picture of it. That I drew when I was bored on the shitter one day. Oh, okay, okay. It's the picture that was with the map. Yeah. I see. All right, so you would just take one of these like stims and load it into the gun and inject it. Correct. The stim, the 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 carrying mechanism, that stim would get tossed. The right. gun remains, and then you just consistently load it into right. the gun. Right, like okay. a vial. You would keep replacing the vial. Right. If you had clean drug habits, but sometimes you share needles, and you get super gonorrhea. Uh, no cure. There's. <laughs> <laughs> just no cure. Um, all right, so I, I take, you know, like a, a decent amount that I could put in my pocket. Nothing crazy, but you never know when uh, you might be able to use it on somebody. Is, is there a... Uh, how big is the gun? I would say um, like the size of like a horse tranquilizer needle. Okay. Like just big enough to where it's barely awkward to use it with maybe your weak hand. Okay. Uh, is... 
Is it safe to assume that that slug belly had one in this room that I could take? Yeah. Because obviously I'm not a druggie, so I don't have right. a fucking a gun. Yeah, so, I would say so. All right, so I'm going to take a handful of uh, of these stims, and I'm going to take a, uh, a gun as well. And I'm going to take a look at the components that I believe, if I'm aware, I don't know if you want me to make it like an investigation check or um, that I think may be flammable. Ultimately, what I want to do, if there's a liquid that's flammable, uh, I'm going to blow the mine. That's, that's really what this boils down to. Uh, somehow, you know... I, I couldn't help but uh, give me R- real quick. How many stims do you think I take? A dozen? I don't know how big they are. What are they like? Small I would say little... the gun is large, but the the doses themselves are just glass vials. All right, so I might be able to grab like a dozen or so. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with a Medicaid test. <laughs> Under intellect. Yeah. Uh, with a difficulty of three. It's gonna be more of a challenging test. Since you only have two dollars. Oh my god. Uh, was one of those a wrath dice? Uh, of course. Okay. Of course. So actually, I rolled two ones. So obviously, the wrath die was a complication. All right. So you are not able to discern if these chemicals are flammable. And you're also not able to discern if they are flammable. And I would think Bannon has a. Fairly is fairly comp- like an educated guess that they are flammable. Right. But now you're not sure because of your complication. You have no idea if they're flammable when they're mixed or prior to being mixed. Yeah, that's fair. And really, from where I'm sitting, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> well, shit's <laughs> blowing up. It's just a matter of what goes up with it. How many um, how many exits to this mine? There's two. There is one. Uh, let me get the map. There is one to the southwest of where you are now, uh, which, if you were to leave Slug Belly's chamber, is that long bending corridor uh, that ends up going straight out to a western exit. Okay. Where it exits out to the west, you could also make a left and travel south and travel through the room with the big auger. Yes. And then travel south again to get to the main exit that you came in. I would say Bannon would also reasonably suspect that if people are coming to pick up the drugs, uh, that they would come in through that south entrance that you entered because that's right right next to the storage area where the completed wizard is being held. Okay. A majority of the wizard is in the room where the auger is. So the, the, the issue that you have now is the all of the unmixed wizard is in Slug Belly's chamber. On the opposite end of this chem mine is where all the mixed wizard is. So you would really only have the choice of choosing one or the other. Right. Yeah, because I don't want to blow the chamber for fear of a chain reaction in the explosion that traps me in this place. Right. I don't think you have the ability to start trip uh, building like trip mines and things like that. Uh, I'm picturing like Bannon is picture is planning on throwing a grenade. Yeah, that's basically at the entrance to the place. Right. So you have to make a choice. Do you want to blow this last one and run for the near exit, or do you want to blow the the, the built wizard and go out the exit that's at the south? Yeah, how many crates of the built wizard are there? Lots. All right, so it's not like I'm moving it myself. Right. Um. Yeah, I'm going to blow the uh, the area with the, with the already constructed wizard. At the front? Correct. Okay. Uh, so I'm picturing you just take a... A frack grenade, 
and uh, I don't think I have frag grenades. I think there are some in the mine. Let me check. No, there are not. Yeah. Do you know when you know when they were in the mine when we were doing the practice combat session? Right. That's when there was a box of grenades. When I realized I was a pussy and I couldn't throw grenades. Right. Only straight up. Uh, right up in the air. That blew up my. So face. I mean, the other option is. Let me look at the configuration of the cave here and see if you could, theoretically, no. Uh, well, maybe. All right, so here's the map again. This right here is the built wizard. Okay. This is the exit. Right. So you theoretically could stand up in this intersection to the west. Right. Fire into the room, spray and pray kind of thing, and then start running. But yeah, hoping that something catches. That's going to require a roll. Yeah, we're going to roll for that shit. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing I have to use uh, an incendiary round. Perfect. I think that's going to help. So I'm going to I'm going to load an incendiary round into my bolt gun. Okay. And I'm going to send that bitch downrange. Okay. Into what I believe. In these crates that I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that they're going to explode, uh, just based on you know the fact that an incendiary round is going into these crates. With a sizzling pop, the incendiary rounds rip from your gun. They blast, and you can hear ricochets and crackling and popping, and the unmistakable sound of gurgling and building pressure. Yeah, that's about the time that I turn around and run. There is a massive, massive explosion. And it turns into one of these chain reaction explosions. Jesus it is just Christ. popping. Boom, boom, back and forth, back and forth. It's echoing and reverberating everywhere in the room. Uh, you're going to take one shock okay. from the explosion, uh, exploding. I'll just roll. Thank you. Thank you. Roll the drink. Explosions is what I was going for, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... And I have failed my roll to drink. This is so delicious that I would almost purposely <laughs> fail the roll. <laughs> Loaded dice. Just to drink this. I almost want to say that you, you rolled the fucking six on your wrath. Um, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Give me uh, an yes. athletics check. No, uh, test. Uh, rating. Difficulty... I pass. Okay. Uh, wrath dice. Uh, so I have an exalted on my wrath, and I rolled a. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I have an icon on my wrath, and I rolled an exalted on my other. I only have two dice. Okay. I'm not very athletic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Bannon escapes. Uh, he's a little shaken up. Was not expecting that large of an explosion. Yeah, that was that was unpredictable. Uh, the K, the the chem mine behind him is just collapsing with every step he takes. It's almost like it's catching up to him, like the rocks he can hear at first falling behind him, and every pump of his legs. Now the rocks are starting to fall next to him and then in front of him, and he can tell this thing is not only chasing him but beating him. And right at the last minute, he makes that left. He bends out of the cave, gets out with a cloud of dust and noxious fumes mm. uh, flowing behind him. So many fumes, in fact. That Bannon passes out. How long am I out for? Six hours pass. Holy shit. So I'm just laid out in the front of this cave. Yes. For six hours. Six hours pass. 
And what time of the day was it, by the way? You went in at night. Okay. Um, so it's the night cycle. So I'm thinking now it's like the break of the day cycle. Okay. Uh, when Bannon wakes up, he does feel very happy. Oh, no. Is there... Oh, no. Is there some sort of, like, stimulus that wakes me up? Or am I... I'm just naturally yeah. waking up. Okay. Uh, ben rolls over and looks at the smog-ridden sky and the cursed sun hidden behind, uh, like, a thick, almost mucus mm. of an atmosphere. And the sun is radiating this beautiful pink. Uh, he doesn't know what quite to make of it. Although he does see several, let's call it three, very pretty women, oh. completely nude. And one of the women asks, You're having, having fun. fun. Bannon passes out again. Oh. An hour later, he wakes up normal. Those three women that he saw are gone, but there's three scavies just kind of poking around the mine as you wake up. You're not bound. You're not gagged. Uh, you're not really missing anything. One of, the, one of these scum come up to you. They're, they're obviously from the underhive. And uh, he says, I saw quite the, uh, quite the fireworks. Was that you? I'm laid out on the, on the ground. You're kind of getting up and kind of like, what the hell is happening? Okay. Does Bannon remember the fact that he sent this round into yes. the uh, yeah. into the crates and it exploded? I have I have full memory of the uh, the vision of these females and the sky the way yes. that it was. Okay. Yep. And now I see three, not females, not females, scavies, homeless yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. Scum. Um, right, just scum of the hive. Uh, and what they're just poking around. Yeah. So I I don't answer him. Uh, Bannon checks his his belongings, wants to make sure that nothing he's has got been everything. removed. Everything's everything's there. Uh, where are these three in relation to to Bannon? So I would say that Bannon probably made it like a hundred, eh, like twenty yards south of the cave entrance. Okay. Uh, just running when the 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 cloud overtook him, and these guys are twenty yards north of you. Checking the entrance of the mine, seeing if they can get in. Oh, so they're at the mine, sh- almost shouting back to me. Right. The sun is up? Yes. I make my way over to the three. Is there actually, before I even do that, I, Bannon looks around. He just kind of surveys the, the landscape. What, what do I see? So I see this there cave. Is, is a, it still smoldering? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. There is a big plume of smoke. You know... When it first happened, it was night cycle, so nobody may have noticed. Right, not easily recognizable. Anyone, I would say, within 10 kilometers will be able to see this gigantic plume of smoke. Um, Son of a bitch. All right, so, uh, yeah, I don't walk over to them. Um, oh, my God. I pull my bolt gun out. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the one that that opened up his mouth. Okay. Fuck. Can I gauge by how the sun is is making its way up? Like what time of morning it is? Well, I would think I have a fucking a watch. when when you first uh, a chrono. Yes, you do have that. I'm uh, sorry, a chrono. My bad. 
My bad. <laughs> uh, I would say that you know it is shortly past dawn, right? Because when you first started hallucinating from taking all those drugs that you took, uh, it was dawn. The, okay. the fancy fruity sun that you saw was as it was cresting the horizon. Now it, you you were asleep for an hour, so it's it's still early morning. Think like uh, maybe like five six a.m. All right. All right. So you're pulling out your auto pistol or your bolt gun. No, I'm pulling out my bolt gun. Okay. And I don't know why I'm asking this, but I will. Uh, what are we doing with the bolt gun? Scratching an itch that I have in the top of my head. No, I'm gonna. I'm. Here's basically where Bannon's mind is. Everyone must die. It, well, <laughs> there is only war. Right. Even if it's an internal war. No. Somebody eventually is coming, he believes, to pick up this wizard. I, I don't want witnesses who have now seen me standing outside of this place. So, unfortunately, they got to go. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting at these. Roll attack with one bonus dice. We're looking at a defense. Uh, I'm treating them as a three-person mob. Okay. So they have a defense of two. Okay. I have three icons and one exalted. So for a total of five. All right. So uh, that takes out everybody. They never have a chance. Because since they're in a mob, they all get one hit. One wound. You don't have to roll damage. But isn't it just totally unrelated? It, isn't it like add three to hit the additional guy? Which would be five. Right. So then wouldn't I then need another three to hit the third guy? You know what I'm saying? So like if it's a two to hit the oh, first, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. five to hit the right, second. Right, because the only difference is you third. have to call out how many. So then, yeah, two of them would go down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so two of them go down. That leaves the third one, and that's when you realize uh, that the third one uh, is not armed. And then you realize that none of them are armed, so the third one starts running away and disengages. Okay. I'm shooting that motherfucker. All right. He, would you, well, are you going to use any combat actions? Do you want to aim? Do you want to... Um, now, I'm probably going to run just to kind of close the gap to keep him in my mid-range. Okay. So I don't have any penalties, and I'm just going to fire at him. Okay. So roll a standard attack. Defensive two. Four icons. Okay. Roll damage. Do you have any extra damage dice? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Twelve. He's dead. Okay. Bannon comes off as very callous and no heart. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> I can't leave witnesses. Right. Because in Bannon's mind, he thinks, look, these guys, you're talking about drug dealers. They're just the lowest of the low. Right. Um, dude, they're, they're going to see these guys. These guys are going to be poking around. They may end up finding, let's say, the other entrance was not blown, and now they find their way in there. And now whoever comes to pick up these drugs, th these guys are going to get interrogated, tortured, and they're eventually going to describe me, and it's going to match up, which whatever the images were on the... Pickcaster. Thank you. And now I'm really fucked because now not only am I going to have the police, but right. I'm going to have these guys. And who knows who the fuck these guys? It might be ghost people. I have no idea who this guy's dealing to. So that was for the greater good. 
Um, uh, are you going to search these guys at all? No. Uh, I, I got to get out of here because I feel like now that the sun is up and it's about 6 a.m., uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bailing. Okay. Uh, where are we headed? I think I'm going to make a tactical retreat back to my flat. Flat? Yes. Yeah. My hope is that by this point, if we're, if we're like 12 to maybe 18 hours in uh, from the whole bar incident, I'm hoping that they haven't realized exactly who I am and found out where I lived. So I'm going to... I'm gonna head back to uh, to where my flat is, kind of incognito. I just I just want to get a feel for what the fuck is going on over there. Make sure that there's no surveillance set up if I can see that. And once I feel as though that it's clear, I'm gonna make my way up to uh, to my place. I just want to gather a couple of things and then that's it. I'm 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 out of there. All right. So you're kind of, I would say, slowly and cautiously, maybe gingerly, making your way through the sector. Yes towards your flat. Would you stop it all anywhere? Or are we just direct mission straight to the... No. No, I don't think I would stop unless... Um, no. No, I wouldn't stop. My, my my goal is to get there as quickly as possible. I feel like time is against Ben. Right. So... Alright. Um, as you're making your way back to your flat, the only thing really of note that happens... Uh, is you see a news report as you're walking by. Uh, the only thing you really catch on the screen that, that kind of piques your interest is a sharp rise in missing persons reports uh, from Levinus 7, which is the uh, sector uh, north of your sector. Other than that, uh, nothing in particular happens. You do not notice any increase in enforcers out on the street. Everything else seems to be business as usual. So no further reporting on not what you took noticed. place in the bar. Okay. Unless you want to stop no, and I'm start watching. Okay. No, 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 I'm not interested. Uh, how far away from my flat do I recognize this, uh, this report? At some point. All right, so it's within the general yeah. area. Okay. So Bannon will continue to his, uh, to his flat. And okay. again, you know, cautious, yeah. just wants to make sure that there's no surveillance going on. Uh, you make it to your floor without issue. Okay. Wilmar's door is the way you left it. I would imagine you closed it on your way out. Yeah, I want to go in and say hello. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's dead. <laughs> no, I, I go. <laughs> I, go to, I go to my flat. All right. Uh, what are we doing in the flat? Uh, is it like a grab shit and go? Or Oh, yeah, I'm not spending a lot of time here. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to grab, uh, maybe dress a little more appropriate. Um I would think I kind of like tacked up for this mission, so I just want to grab like a uh, like a duster style jacket okay. uh, that I have, just kind of cover the the gear that I'm carrying. Uh, I'll grab a uh, a backpack just so I can put whatever's in my pockets in the pack, and some provisions, food, stuff like that. Okay, and then then I'm out. I would say by this point, uh, taking some uh, some maglev trains. Uh, and whatnot from the chem mine location to where you are now and getting into your apartment, I would say now we're talking like mid-afternoon, uh, one, two o'clock in the afternoon okay. of the day cycle. All right. Are you torching your apartment? 
<laughs> no, no, no. I'm not okay. torch. There's, there's nothing in there. I think that's really... Uh, You're a modest person. Right. A minimalist. Right. Yeah. What I am going to do after I step out from my apartment for the last time, I just... um, I walk past Wilmar's apartment. I just want to crack the door open. Okay. Um... I don't touch it with my hands, just kind of like with my elbow, just kind of push the door. I just want to peek in and see if it looks like anybody's been in there, if anybody's rummaged around after I left him the way that I left him. uh, Give me an awareness test. Difficulty one. All right, so I pass it, but I have a complication. All right. Um, Everything looks the way it appears uh, to be the way you left it. Okay. But, boy, is there a smell starting to build up. Do they have Febreze in the 41st Millennium? Probably not. That company you know, might have gotten out of business. Fresh linen smell is not something too many people are concerned about in the Dark Imperium. All right. Well, Bannon understands that eventually it's it's going to be found out that there is a corpse in this room. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not going to pay any mind to it. I just, I pull the door closed again. Okay. Again, I use like maybe like the edge of my jacket. Sure. I grab the door handle. I, I close the door. All right. Uh, yeah, I leave the. Uh, I'm gonna leave the building. And where are we headed? So, Bannon. <laughs> I have a feeling this is what we talked about before we started recording. Yeah. Um, so, is, is the pause because you're deciding whether you want to do this or not, or is the pause you trying to justify what's about to happen? No, no, no. I, I don't think I need to justify okay. what's about to happen. I just want to. <laughs> In my head, I'm just trying to calculate like the best course of action, how to get to where I ultimately want to get to. So I, I think after he leaves the building, he, he just wants to regroup. Um, again, he, he seems to, to focus on the idea that as of right now, because Bannon is not some skilled killer. It just happens to be like working out this way in the beginning. And it all seems to revolve around the, the cloak of darkness. So I think... Bannon's mentality is he, he wants to go kind of find cover, go someplace where he can collect his thoughts, make sure that nobody's tailing him, um, and again, wait until the uh, the sun starts to go down. It, if he's hungry, maybe he'll he'll go and, and spend some cash in the in the local markets or whatever, you know, food areas, and, and grab something to eat, kind of rehydrate. Sure. Very important to rehydrate. He, he's going to want to rest at some point because... I would think outside of his quick little nap that he took from uh, getting dusted by the explosion. <laughs> Contact high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he'll want to kind of recover. So maybe I'll find some place. Uh, I, w- I would think in this rundown kind of shitty district, there's uh, you know like an abandoned building that he may potentially find where like squatters are. Some place that's kind of like off the, the beaten path that he's just going to kind of seek refuge at. Okay. As you're kind of meandering around, uh, a building catches your attention in kind of dirty, derelict words. The building is clearly abandoned. Lots of smashed out windows, uh, rust on the building. Uh, What used to be an edifice uh, praising the the god emperor of Terra uh, and the Imperium of Man is dilapidated, um, corroded, rusted. And you see a sign near the door 
uh, of a of a chain link fence with razor wire on the top. There's a sign that says "Silent Sanctum" in faded words, but I know what that means. Give me a scholar test. Difficulty two. I almost fell out of my chair. Um, <laughs> that was crazy. I have an icon and an exalted on my rat die. Okay. So I pass and, and I have a uh, an exalted on my wrath. All right, so that will give you a point of glory. Beautiful. Let's see if I remember to use it this time. You will lose it at the end of the session. Son of a bitch. All right, the Silent Sanctum uh, is a building that you do know. Uh, it was at one time, about 15 years ago or so, was a mental asylum. For the criminally insane. Roughly 15 years ago, uh, it was defunded by the Grand Commissar of the system and uh, decommissioned. The den- denizens of the denizens of the building uh, were let go okay. uh, to thrive in the underhive, uh, leaving this building more or less decrepit. At, at several times throughout the 15 years it's been running down, uh, it was talked about to reopen it as warehouse storage of some kind, but through lots of bureaucracy and who actually owns it and a lot of political bullshit, uh, it's just sat there as a rotting edifice. Okay. Unknown what's inside of it. It, it appears as if the chain link fence surrounding it uh, is intact with a chain keeping it closed uh, the razor wire while rusted and in disrepair is all intact okay. that doesn't mean that there aren't people in there but uh, it doesn't look like it would be an active hub of criminality Okay, maybe some squatters, homeless people right, or potentially those who are mentally insane who were housed there that just decided to stay decided to stay Yeah. alright, I feel that'll work it's just a temporary shelter you know, I'm not looking to uh, set up base camp here. Okay. Just a temporary shelter, a couple of hours. I th- is the sun still up or it's starting to set? Yeah, I would say it's now we're looking at like late afternoon after walking around okay. areas that you kind of think might have some abandoned buildings, manufactorums, right. things of that nature. Uh, as of right now, this is the first one that you found. That right. you, it sounds like that you're comfortable with. Yeah. So Bannon's plan is basically to uh, to kind of hang out he, he's gonna he's gonna find a way in he just wants to hang out till like 10 maybe 11 okay. p.m. at the latest just to again just kind of rest and where would you say he's hanging out but is he going in now or is he gonna wait for the cover of night it's like dawn like early dawn no no no. it's like late afternoon oh it's late afternoon no i'm gonna go in now okay yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna go in now because i'm gonna rest until it gets dark now are you just gonna just break in unconcerned with the people walking around on the sidewalks? Oh, or? this this isn't like... I'm, I'm sorry, then I, I completely misunderstood. So this isn't off the beaten path. This no, is kind of part like... part of the... Yeah, it's part of the sector. Okay. Uh, well, then if that's the case... Um, no, I'm not gonna... I'm not, <laughs> I'm not fucking cutting the lock on the fence with like a bunch of people around. Um, I might... I think I'm gonna walk the perimeter just see if there's maybe anywhere along the perimeter that I can uh, easily gain access to that's not locked. Maybe a... Uh, like a loose part of the fence that Bannon can pull up and, and get underneath. Um, okay. Uh, while you're walking around, give me an investigation test. Nothing. Okay. 
the fence, again, while it appears to be rusty and in disrepair, uh, it doesn't look like there's any obvious gaping holes or any parts where it detached from the ground that you can right. lift up. Okay. I will remind you that you do have a combi tool. Right, but again, it's not something that I'm looking to do if there are people around. Right. So if it's the light out, I, I'd much rather just kind of find a like a park area and sit on a bench before I break into this place. Okay. So I, I see mm. you finding some kind of plaza somewhere where you're trying to blend in like it's an Assassin's Creed game. Yes. Once you sit on the bench, nobody can see you. No, no, no. You're in disguise. While we're waiting for the sun to go down, uh, are you going to try and close your eyes maybe? Do you want to look at that data slate? Well, that's what I was going to do. I was going to take a look at the at the data. I'm not closing my eyes in the in the public. Okay. All right, so we're going to sit down in the nice park. Yes. I, I, something tells me it's not a nice park. It's a run-down, industrialized, uh, heavily riveted metal plaza with stone benches that are crumbling. What's that place? Pripyat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I That's what I envisioned. <laughs> it's like this run-down. It's like a fucking Ferris wheel that's just defunct. Uh, all right, so you're going to kind of, I would imagine, you're going to look at this data slate. Every couple yes. of seconds, you're going to just... Take a quick look around, make sure. Yeah, I'm not burying my fucking nose right. in this thing and, and completely unaware of my surroundings. Uh, so again, yeah, I'm just going to work my way through it. I want to see roughly what kind of information is on it. And it, uh, it, just a quick gander. I okay. can delve deeper into this at a later time. I just figure I'm just trying to wait until it gets uh, dark out. So the the information on the data slate is kind of bizarre. You're not exactly sure who wrote the information on it if it was multiple people and it's almost like a shared network kind okay. of a thing possibly like emails almost uh, but here's the information that you do get from the data slate uh, 400 kilograms are delivered every 90 cycles to slug belly okay 100 kilograms are distributed to Sulzer Wilmar but his shipment is dropped down to has dropped from 250 kilograms. It doesn't specify what the number actually is. Okay. Uh, 200 kilograms are distributed to somebody by the name of Backfire. Uh, here's a name that you haven't seen before. 50 kilograms are distributed to somebody named Redbreast. Okay. And the only other thing of note is several references to something called the Blood Bones. Uh, things like the blood bones have uh, determined this is the shipment. The blood bones need more sales. The blood bones want to know why there's a drop in request for this supplier. Uh, just blood bones are mentioned here or there throughout the course of these transmissions that you see on this data slate. All right. As far as you can tell, there's nothing else really uh, of substance that piques your interest. Okay, one thing definitely does pique my interest, though. It's funny now how twice uh, the name Backfire has come up. Which is incredible, because Backfire was ultimately the, the destination that Bannon is working his way back to. So, I'm going to wait, now that I have this, and I know that this guy is pulling 200 kilograms it's important to note yes. that the first time you met Backfire, mm -hmm. uh, Roscoe, I believe his name is, uh, you got his identification card. That's correct. Uh, 
His name is Roscoe Church. Yes. He claims he goes by the name Backfire. He claimed to you that he was getting his supply from Wilmar. That's what turned you on to Wilmar. Right. It would appear that he was lying to you based on the information on this data sleep. Well, we're going we're gonna to address that. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to have a little church in, in a few hours. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that he's going to be seeing the sands of Mars sooner rather than later. But we'll get to that. So again, I'm going to wait until it gets uh, dark. I'm going to basically base this off of how I believe Bannon feels. If if he's starting to feel like tired and run down, because at this point it's probably been twenty. We're looking hours. at we're looking at a little over twenty four hours, right? Since uh, his interaction in the bar, and yeah, and there's been no sleep. Yeah, and he's been a little wounded in, in you know a couple of skirmishes here and there. So, I, I think Bannon's ultimate goal is darkness is going to come while he's sitting in this park. Uh, from there, he's going to wait until kind of the crowds died down, and then he's going to head back over to um, the Silent Sanctum. He's going to take his combi tool. He's going to attempt to to break through the fence and gain access to this building. Can you give me an awareness test? You can do whatever you want. Difficulty one. So I passed amazingly. I have However, uh, one, two. I have two icons, one exalted, but I rolled the complication. Okay. We'll deal with the complication in a second. Yes. Uh, now, normally in this game, we, we discuss with each other what the complication would be, uh, but I am going to usurp that for the moment. Yes. Uh, you notice while you're sitting on the bench looking at this data slate that enforcers have been driving by walking by. Again, not numbers that are unusual, at least to your senses, in this part of town at this time of day. What you do find strange is they keep grabbing random people and showing them random data slates, having quick conversations with them. Now, the people aren't pointing anywhere. It's not like they're asking, have you seen this person or uh, do you know where this thing is as far as you can tell? But I'm not within your shot of no. any of this. Okay. No. Uh, but you do see that they are questioning people randomly. The complication are two enforcers approach you holding this data slate. A data slate. Right. Excuse me, citizen. Yes, how may I help? Does this name sound familiar to you? And they show you um, a picture. Not a great picture. It's kind of grainy. Looks like an average-looking person uh, with the name Arbest. You're not sure if it's a last name or a first name. Is it safe to assume a lot of the people on High Planets are not educated? Like, to the point of yeah, yeah. reading? I, I, can't, I can't read. Can you, can you read it to me? <sighs> he looks at his partner. They put the data slate away. Thank you, sir. And they walk away. Okay. I walk in the opposite direction. Okay. Uh, so now we're waiting until nighttime, and uh, we're going to cut open the fence. Yes. All right, so you have this combi tool. I'm not going to make you roll anything. You enter the, the property line of this, uh, of this abandoned sanitarium. By the way, can I just interrupt? R best? Yep. A like R A R E. Oh, A R B E S T. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. While you're walking the grounds, you see watchtowers, dilapidated. But right. This right. was obviously a higher security place. 
once you get past this fence, you realize that the fence was actually erected after the place was closed because there's crumbling, uh, a crumbling perimeter wall that is almost completely gone at this point. So more for safety reasons. Right. Now, after I was able to open up the uh, the fence with my combi tool, I could close it and secure it the way that it was, or? Give me a tech test. Uh, with a plus one die. Difficulty, difficulty one. Two icons. Okay, yeah. You, you were able to put that back together reasonably. Uh, you know, maybe if the enforcers are actually looking around, they might notice that right. it's cut open. But also a place like this, it's a good bet that they probably wouldn't even care. Okay. Um, especially once you walk in and you see the amount of homeless people that are staying here. It's not hundreds, but there's a there's a dozen or so people that are living in here quite comfortably. But it's common knowledge by the enforcers that homeless people are in here. And, they, and they're they not causing any trouble. Yeah. Right, so they're not really investigating right. this. And the homeless people don't even really... You get a couple of head nods. Um, somebody offers you a, a pot of some kind of liquid food uh okay they just kind of assume you're one of them they seem friendly enough nothing right. really nothing really crazy all right uh yeah i'll, I'll kind of go along with whatever the customs are here uh, okay I just kind of pop my collar you know um uh, it's important to note there's no electricity in this building so everything is lit by like little, small little fires that they're cooking their their gruel on or they're, they're you know they're boiling some recaf um, no Wi-Fi? The Wi-Fi is down. It's password protected. How would millennials survive in this place? <laughs> <laughs> you also do notice that even though they are homeless and slightly crazy, yes, as most homeless people are, from your growing experience of dealing with people who are high on drugs, it does not appear that these people are under the influence of any kind of drug. Okay. At least from a cursory inspection. Right, right. So any bizarre behavior would come off to be more of a mental illness than it would be... From your... Drug-induced. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. And you're by no means an expert, but you've seen enough people high, at least on Wizard... Right. ...that this yeah. they're not acting euphoric. Okay. All right. Especially now that you're a user of Wizard. Um, inadvertently and indirectly, I might add. Just to throw that out there. All right. Well, for the I record, I did roll when you... Uh, when you got consumed by that cloud. Yes. Had that role been a ruin, a one? Yes. You would have been addicted. <laughs> but you're not. So <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna lay that little gem wow. on you tonight. Well good thing I uh <laughs> good thing I took a couple of stims with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So would have got my fix. <laughs> Fucking wizard fix. <laughs> I um by the way, I'm switching over to this fucking I love this pipe. What kind of pipe is that? This is my uh, Savinelli Atello 614. Oh. My favorite pipe so far. Nice. This what are we packing pipe. it with? I am putting a little Sutliff 507C. Oh, you should have told me you were a switch. I would have let you try out that Presbyterian. Oh, uh, shit. No, that's next. I'll okay. break out my fucking mega for that. We'll say that. That'll be the grand finale. We'll smoke the Prez. Um, so I guess right. unless you're planning on doing something, interviewing these people, I would say your night goes by. No, I'm not looking to do that. Okay, I just I want to get a decent amount of rest. I'm I'm guessing what is it around maybe 10 p.m., 8 p.m. something around. Yeah. There. So I would say 
you can replenish your shock that you lost, any wounds that you may be down. I would say that you, you fully recuperate. Okay, great. Let me do that. Okay. Everything kind of goes off without a hitch here. Yeah. I kind of keep my distance. Everyone is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, I would think, you know. There might be separate. like two guys here that are friends, that are buddies. Right. Maybe a guy and a prostitute are together. Maybe there's a group of three guys over here that are all together. But it, it's it's either individual people or very small little cliques that are within the three, four floors of this, this right. building. Any prostitutes that look like those girls I saw when I was high on Wizard? No, nah, <laughs> probably not, right? No. A bunch of fucking scabies here? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll pass. If you didn't know any better, you would swear they were mutants. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, baby, what a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I'll pass on that. Okay. I'm, I'm not spending my fucking credit on that shit. So do we want to fast forward to the morning? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're going to fast forward to the morning. All right. A, a, a homeless person was kind enough to give you a cup of recaf to get you going. That was nice. Have a little bowl of breakfast. Um, you probably pissed in it, but whatever. Protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Protein or piss? It's the 41st millennium. You never know. Anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, maybe you exchange some pleasantries on the way out. Yeah. Is this a place maybe you would return to? Uh, we're gonna just we're gonna decide that based on what I have going on in the brain right now. Oh well, I'll throw we'll this out happens. there. Um, yes. one of the more keen homeless people observed you cut the fence open and said, "Listen, that's gonna irritate the the enforcers. Uh, there's a there's a sewer entrance." Uh, in the back of the building that you can use. It, it, it comes out, there's a stormage drain just behind the building. Uh, that's what we use. I like this guy. Does it look like, is he a junkie? Nobody really looks like a junkie, but they're all fucked up. You know what I'm going to do? I like this guy. I throw him a fucking stem of wizard. I say, use this however, however you want. He takes the glass vial and breaks it open and starts drinking it. That guy's going to die soon. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiot. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Oh, boy. I didn't say fucking Jack. (laughs) I said wizard, dummy. Uh, All right, so we're going to carry on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am... um, So here's my plan. Bannon is going to make his way back to where he originally encountered Backfire. Okay. I'm going to hang out in the area. Um... You know, throw my hood up just so this guy doesn't recognize me. Since I know where he lives, the the path that I believe he would take to get from his home to the area that I'm assuming he deals in, based on my previous encounter with him, um, I, I'm I'm gonna stay off of that 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 path. Um, but again, uh, I'm in an area where I'm able to observe whatever corner it was that he was working, whatever area it was that he was working, and I'm I'm gonna plant myself there, incognito. Uh, until hopefully I recognize him. Okay. On your way to this location, uh, and I would imagine it's probably a little bit further away just by coincidence. We're hopping on a train maybe. Right. Um, at any point, would you stop to watch the news to see if there's any more developments about you in particular? Or Well, I kind of got the sense that like no matter where you go, there seem to be these like pictographs all over the place, yeah. right? So they're on the train. Um on my own personal data slate, I would think I can kind of pull this up. So during the train ride, I would I would pull up the news and I would see if, uh, um, you know, if there's any mention of me. I, I would I would run like different searches. Okay. Uh, well, 
one thing that you do notice is a story about you. Uh, no name. Okay. Right. So now we are. We're going. We're. I guess we're two days removed now. Yeah. Uh, and the case is being headed up by Detective Genevieve Parker. And it's about forty-eight hours after the yeah, the roughly. Uh, she's being flanked by two other lesser grade detectives, uh, and she's speaking at almost like a press conference. Uh, she's wearing white armor with a black cloak, and the black cloak has red lining. And that's just what she looks oh, like. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and the gist of what she's saying is that they have no leads on who the perpetrator is. They're exhausting all of their resources. They will find this person. Uh, And they're imploring anyone who may have a family member who may be wrapped up in drugs to come forward to the enforcers uh, with immunity because it seems like this person is targeting drug addicts. Okay. So it seems like they have your motive down. Yeah. You do notice they do replay uh, the scene from the bar. To your luck, where the pick casters, uh, uh, the picked recorders were located, they're from up facing down. So you really only kind of see the top of your head. Okay. It's not really giving good face shots. Maybe a couple glancing as you're turning here or there. Right. Nothing where they could look at that video, then look at Bannon and say, that's him. Okay. And I would think... You know, in this this kind of time period with the advancements in technology, they probably can make an assumption of what your face looks like based on, like, the top. They try to do, like, 3D rendering. Yeah. I would say, though, being a member of this society, yes, they would have done that already. Right. And as of right now, they're not showing that. So we don't know if they're just concealing that evidence or if they just cannot, for whatever reason, right, uh, get a read on who you actually are. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know for right now. So they're specifically asking for family members of drug dealers to come forward if they have any information. They said drug addicts. Right, drug addicts, yeah. rather. Not, not so much dealers. All right, we're going to press on. Okay. I'll keep that information in my back pocket. So I make my way over to where uh, I encountered Backfire the first time. Okay. I guess same kind of thing, right? You're going to sit down on a bench somewhere or lean up against a wall and just kind of wait. Yeah, but this time I think I'm going to I'm going to be a little more aware of any kind of like enforcer activity that's in the area. Okay. I'm, I'm really not interested in pretending that I'm illiterate again. So <laughs> I'm just going to kind of hide. Maybe, uh, I don't know, there's like a local bar maybe that I can, I don't even want to do that. Um, yeah, I'm just going to kind of move around. I'm, okay. I'm not going to stay in any one particular place for, for too long. I don't want it to seem too obvious that, you know, for six hours I'm sitting on a fucking bench. Right. You know. Well, you do that for five hours. Okay. Uh, we're getting towards, like, mid to late afternoon at this point. Uh, when you finally encounter who you are about 90% sure is backfire. Okay. So I have a general idea that this is the guy that Bannon obviously saw not too long ago. Okay. Um, based on the identification that I saw when I ran into him the first time, how far away is his flat from this area? 
maybe, maybe 100 meters. Oh, shit. It's close. Yeah. He's not doing it on his doorstep necessarily. Uh, he's but... doing it right around the corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to head over to his house. Okay. Uh, Backfire's house is unique in that he's not in a stack. He has, I'm not going to say a house, but a, a, a building unto itself, wedged in between a couple of larger nondescript. Would it be like a uh, like an apartment above a business? Or no, th- it would just be a, a one-story building by itself. Okay. Possibly a family home from before this sector of the hive was developed. Who knows? Okay. But for whatever reason, he does not actually live in a stack. Right. Hmm. Well, I guess that's what happens when you're pulling in 200 kilograms of fucking wizard. Appreciate the finer things in life. All right. So. I knew this was coming. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I, um. So I go over to the house and. Bannon is, you know, just very carefully because I would imagine that there are people walking up and down the street. It's normal kind of day. Are there alleys between the uh, the house and whatever building yeah, exists so. next to it? Yeah. All right. Um, do I see any activity going on down the alley? No. What is down the alley? Looks like it just connects one street to another. Oh, so this goes straight through. Yeah. I see. I see. No windows on Backfire's house. No windows. Picture like uh, like an old, especially like you know being from New York City. Imagine one of those old like uh, auto repair shops. That right. are kind of shystery. Mm-hmm. Like they really only have that opening that bay door in the front, and that's pretty much all that the only accoutrements on right. the, on the building. Something similar to that. Okay. A squat brick building. Any cameras? Give me a investigation test. Uh, difficulty one, because we're getting used to looking for those. Yeah, yeah, since I blew it the first time. No, nah, I'm not getting too used to that. <laughs> so I have um, zero successes plus a complication. What do you think the complication is? I am overly confident that there are no cameras here. Okay. So much so that I am now going to go ahead and work my way down uh, each alley. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I want to go down the alley. I want to see what the uh, what the rear of uh, of his house looks like. The rear of his house is butted up to another building, and the other buildings surrounding his building are not skyscrapers, but they're significantly taller. Than so it's his. not like I can go on top of one of those buildings and just kind of no, like jump. No, he's got like a one story, right? Squat looking brick cinder building, like a, a rockcrete building, right. and then there the other buildings around him might be like four or five stories. What about the one behind him? Same thing. Okay. Like, this thing looks out of place. Yeah, it's kind of odd. If you were to guess, it's something that they tried buying to develop more larger buildings, right. and they just they held out. All right, I'm going to work my way through the alley. I want to see what exactly the building is on the opposite end. You know, the other street that's abutted to the rear of his building? Like, what that is. It appears to be a, a warehouse of some kind. Uh, there's a couple of bay doors, a couple of loading docks, some windows. Nothing... That really stands out. No descripting marks, no names. Okay. Just one of the hundreds of warehouses. All right. I'm going to go back around to the front. I'm just going to hang out and wait. Okay. Like in the alley, in the shadows kind of a thing? Or are we like sitting on his steps 
whittling a piece of wood waiting for no, him to come back. Yeah, I should have been a little more descriptive with that, right? <clears throat> I am, um, yeah, I'm not going to whittle on his, <laughs> on his front. It would be funny. On his front steps. That, that and would then be stab funny. him with the piece that you're whittling. <laughs> I think I got away with it because there's no cameras. Um, How are we liking the, uh, the hot uh, fireball? Dude, this is pretty fucking good. This is a lot better than what I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be kind of harsh. But, like, you nailed it. Like, the smell, like, when you raise it to your nose, like, the nose is fucking almost borderline painful. Yeah. You know? It just gets caught up in this gigantic fucking But there, there appears to be, like, that perfect temperature where that doesn't happen anymore. Right. And the unfortunate thing is I let it sit for too long, so it's a little cool. But this is great and delicious drinking cold anyway. Um... Yeah, but warmed, yeah, it, dude, it's fucking, it's great. And it definitely hits you faster for some odd reason than when it's cold. Yeah. So explain that one to me. Uh, it yeah. absorbs into the blood easier because blood is warm. And warm and warm, they go together. That's not like, like peanut two, butter and jelly. Two negatives make a positive? Right. The so electrons and the neutrons. I see. Ouch, ouch, ouch. I got, I got that. That was that was fucking quick. Otherwise, that would have been very bad. Yeah, I enjoy it. Oh, you know what? Can I have a little more? Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I thought you'd never ask. Yes, please. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. That's going to get warmed up real nice. Um, I think what I'm going to do is um, I, the setup across the street is very similar. Like there are buildings with alleyways and, yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm probably just going to kind of hang out in like an alley across the street, down the block, whatever. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm going to keep an eye on his house and also have in front of me the direction that I walked from where I know he's dealing, obviously. You know, okay. around the corner right. or I gotcha. I'm just going to wait for him to come home okay at some point yes he he does end up coming home um i will say that since your encounter uh with him the last time mm -hmm. he's a little more leery about just kind of whistling zippity doo dah and walking down the street give me a stealth test <laughs> Did you <laughs> difficulty one because you're I, I picture you're still like leaning up against the wall in the shadow of a building right yeah oh my god so i passed but i have a complication <laughs> What the fuck, man? I'm going... Maybe change up the wrath dice. No, no, no. This makes it more exciting. Fail forward. Fail forward. What, 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 what is the complication? He doesn't see you, obviously, because you passed the stealth test. <laughs> this would be a good one. I would think he doesn't see me, but at the time that I'm getting ready to follow him, yeah, a group of enforcers come walking down the block with the same questions that they were asking in the park. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair. All right, so he... Uh, he walks with a little bit more pep in his step than he did the last time you encountered him, looking over his shoulder a little more often, which forces you to kind of hold your hand uh, just a minute longer than you probably would have normally because you could tell like he's nervous. It's only been two days right? Um, where he almost met his demise. Yes. He was spared. Uh, yeah. So he, uh, he quickly and gingerly walks up to his front door and before you realize it he's unlocking that door and you're like oh shit you know I gotta make my move as you go to cross the street excuse me citizen and I glance over backfired opens the door and walks in uh, not noticing you you turn and there's two enforcers standing there holding a data slate can I help you 
Ah, uh, yes, citizen. Uh, do you recognize this name? And they hand you a data slate. And it's a fuzzy picture, the same one you saw before, with the name Arbest on it. I can't read. Can you read it to me? Absolutely. Uh, Arbest. That's uh, a gentleman's name. This is his picture here. I, I kind of lean in to look at the picture. And he accommodates you by pushing the data slate closer to your face as you're leaning in. <laughs> you're a true gentleman. Oh, thank you for your help, citizen. So I, I look at it. Who am I looking at? Uh, it looks like a, a very nondescript-looking guy. Uh, nothing that really stands out about him. You're not sure why they're asking about him. It's just his picture and his last name. I've never seen him before. Hmm. Uh, do you live around here? Where are we? We're in Levinus what? Uh, you're in. You're still in the normal sector, just a different section of it. Okay. So I'm like, I live in Levinus 8. Oh, very good. Uh, well, if uh, you hear anything, please come to the Enforcer Station. Let us know. Oh, will do. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. By this point, uh, they walk away. They grab some other dope to ask him questions, and you are surely convinced that this door is locked Fuck. a minimum of one time. <laughs> <laughs> if Wilmar is any indication, probably several more times. Yes. Fuck me, man. No windows on this building. No. A regular front door with like one step going up, a landing, and then the door. Right. But it's a metal door. Oh, it's a mess. Yeah, and it's the front door, and there's enforcers. I'm not like kicking the fucking door in, nor am I knocking on it. Um, I'm gonna look around for like any. Um, what time is it, by the way? It's still daylight. Yeah, it's getting like late afternoon. Because you figure you got there around early afternoon. Right. It took you about five hours to find this guy. So we're getting into like late afternoon, early evening. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to hang out because I would imagine the guy's a fucking piece of shit drug dealer. He probably makes his money at night. So I am uh, I'm going to have to take a different approach. I'm going to wait until it gets dark. I'm going to hope that this guy comes out of his place. While I'm waiting, by the way, I just want to take a look and see if there's any maybe like sewer grates. Um manholes, stuff like that, that's like around his uh, yeah. that's around his house. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, every you know, couple hundred feet, there's like a stormage drain, uh, things like that. It's a swamp plant, so they, they deal with right. a lot of moisture. So yeah, those things are around. Okay. I'm not doing anything with it, I just wanted to, to make a mental note. Alright, but again, I'm just going to kind of hang out and, uh, and wait to see when this guy comes out. The Voxcaster in your pocket starts chirping Fuck me. at some point. Alright. I pull that son of a bitch out. Are you going to hit the accept button? What shows up on that? Anything? It's it's a, it's like a walkie-talkie. So it's just like buzzing or right. beeping. Yep. All right. So yeah, I'll I'll access that. Solzer, I must be brief. There may be a rival narco gang moving in on us. Some sloppy hitman is all over the news, burning down a honeypot of ours. They may be onto you. I'll have a shipment waiting for you in two night cycles. If you haven't gone into hiding, I will send you the drop coordinates. Don't mention the hitman to anyone. If panic spreads, the freebooters will be crawling up our asses. So just to uh, help you out, because for your notes, the gist of that message, not sure who it was from. It's Ghost's uh, Voxcaster, so one can only assume that was a ghost, maybe using some kind of machinery to uh, 
to give themselves a messed up voice or maybe there's some kind of cyborg or android. But the gist of what they were saying, they're talking about a rival narco gang moving in on their turf. Uh, they referenced some kind of hitman that started burning down one of their honey pots. Right. Living in this world, you know that honey pot is slang for a hot spot for them to sell their drugs. They have promised you a shipment in two night cycles if you haven't decided to go running. Uh, they refer to you as Sulzer, Wilmar. Right. So they assume that he's still alive. Uh, and they don't want you to tell anybody about the hitman because if the wrong people find out about it, they're uh, they're afraid that uh, the freebooters will be crawling up their asses. Freebooters, the freebooters. I right, put the boxcaster away. All right, I'm just gonna wait for uh, this guy to come out of his house. Well, you're gonna be waiting a while uh, because he does not emerge. So this is gonna depend on how long you want to wait. Hmm. Let me think about this. Uh, I will remind you that you also have this lead of somebody named Redbreast. Mm-hmm. No, I know him. Yeah, I know. I'm taking a look at that right now. But in that data slate, does it tell me his whereabouts? Or no. no. Yeah, so it's late? That's going to depend on you. How, long are you. how long are you willing to sit here before you kind of throw your hands up in the air? I'm not throwing my hands up in the air. I'm going to get on the... Uh, on the equivalent of a phone. Okay. I'm going to call a tip-in to the local uh, enforcers. You're going to swat this guy? Yeah, what is that called? Doxing? Swatting. Or swatting. Yeah, like when the kids are live streaming a video <laughs> yeah, game, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. call in a bomb threat, and the SWAT <laughs> team moves in and beats the shit out of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to call, and... Um, yeah, I'm going to dime. I'm not going to use Backfire. What I am going to use is his real name of Roscoe. And I'm actually not even going to use his name. I'm going to say that I, I have the uh, the whereabouts of Arbest. And he resides at whatever Roscoe's address is. Okay, so w- let's work through, because I'm going to make you roll yes. uh, to see how this plan plays out. Okay. What is the entire plan here? So my my hope is um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give the local police this address in hopes that I could sell them on the idea that Arbest this is like he's holed up here with a local drug dealer known as Backfire and that within the past few hours I observed the two of them entering this location and that he's currently there. Okay. Uh. Are you going to? Are you? Are you ultimately trying to get into his house? Well, we're going to see what happens when the when the police show up. So you're gonna you're gonna hide in the shadows, kind of a thing, and watch this go down. Yeah. Okay. Give me a sixty-six roll. Oh. The higher, the more successful this plan is going to go. This I, is this is your final. Blue is the tens. Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, here, let me before I roll just to kind of tie all this together. You said the buildings that surround this place. What, what's across the street? Another, like, four-story building or something like that? Yeah. And they're all warehouses? Or any way that, like, that I can gain access to one? I, I want to try to get to, we like... We could do whatever you want. I want to attempt expeditiously and without incident. I want to try to get to the roof of one. I, I, basically, of the I don't, across the street? Yeah, or, like, next door or something. I want to be able to, like, observe the door. 
or something adjacent to his building where I can observe the door if the police do, in fact, buy what I'm about to sell them. Um, I want to see what's going to happen. I don't want to be on the street because I don't want to be approached again by local enforcers. Okay. So I, I, I guess I'm going to begin with kind of feeling out the local businesses and seeing if there's any way that I can kind of gain access to any of these buildings and get up to the roof. Okay. Um, so, yes, you can. Uh, the, it's nighttime, I would imagine. We've waited quite a while. Nothing's happening. So you decide to crack this harebrained scheme. It would appear that you've seen workers, hive workers, coming and going, mostly going, as the day draws on from these buildings. They're big enough to where you're not confident in saying that the building is empty. Right. But if anything, there might be a skeleton crew. This is very clearly a warehouse district. So it's not like there's machine operators. They're not manufacturing anything, right. as far as you can tell, and your local knowledge. Uh, while this isn't your necessary neck of the woods, it's, it's like you live in Brooklyn, you know what they're doing in Manhattan. That kind of a thing. Okay. So if you do decide to go into this building, you are cursorily aware that there's probably going to be people inside. So, like, smashing a window, you can do it, but I, I would see if maybe we can utilize this combi tool. Yeah, I'm not looking to smash windows. I, I, I want to see... Um you know, maybe gain access via a fire escape on the outside or... Okay. Give me an athletics test, uh, difficulty one, to jump up onto a, a low-hanging fire escape. So I... <laughs> I have an exalted icon, so I pass, but I also rolled a complication. I will remind you that you do have glory. Yeah, but I don't think I can disregard complications, right? I can, uh, with a wrath, I can re Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so what's the complication? You passed, right? Yeah, yeah, I passed. Okay, so we get onto this, uh, this fire escape. Uh, I would say that the complication is not going to involve somebody in the building seeing you. No, I would say, like, the complication would be I get up to, like, the third floor, and then there's no access to the roof okay. via the fire escape. When you get to the third floor, there's one more floor above you. Right. But this third floor has a door, and there's some kind of uh, device, like a, like a swipe pad or a prox pad to open the door. Okay. With this combi tool and a successful test uh, tech test, you can hack this thing and break into it. Oh, God. You have a combi tool, so I'm going to give you a plus one die. Okay. I, um. It'll be difficulty two. Or you can hang out on this fire escape. I imagine it's on the side that you were standing on. Yeah, because I'm trying to think maybe I just observe from the fire escape. But at the same time, I don't know. I just feel like I'd prefer to have the, uh. You know, like a high wall on a roof to kind of lean behind. I'll, I'll say this if you decide to go in, we're doing a tech test. If you decide to stay there, we're doing a stealth test. Yeah, either way, I'm kind of. The tech it. test, you'll get an extra die. Stealth test, you will not. Then they'll both be difficulty two. Uh, you know what? And e the tech will be difficulty two. The stealth will be difficulty one. The um, Each floor up, I would imagine, has this type of door yeah. with a keypad. 
All right. I, I think I'm going to choose to. Uh, I'm going to choose a stealth. Okay. So it's going to be difficulty one. No extra bonus die. Okay. All right. So I I I have an icon and an exalted. Okay. So. So we called. We climbed. Yes. Let's roll a sixty-six to see how well this plan goes. Come on, motherfucker. Fifty-three. Okay. So after three minutes of making this phone call, so pretty much right when you get to this third floor and realize the door is locked, right. you hear sirens, oh, and shit. you just kind of drop to the ground like, fuck. And several enforcer cars show up. Enforcers get out, and you can see a couple of them stack up on the door, and the rest of them start clearing the alleyways. Okay. Some of them look up briefly. Uh, they realize these are warehouses. They're not really putting together that this could be a ruse. So they just kind of glance around real quick as they're walking. It's nighttime. These buildings are not well lit. They do not detect you. But they secure these alleyways. The guys, uh, I would say two or three of them stack up on the door, but they do not breach it. They're just waiting. Okay. While these guys are stacked up on, uh, while these guys are stacked up on the door, uh, a Storm Raven gunship flies overhead and lights up the entire building. Lights up, like, with the light. Yeah, like a spotlight. Oh, Not okay. you. The right, right, right. Backfire's house. Right. Most notably the front door. While that's happening, several speeder bikes start racing, in, uh, operated by enforcers, around the perimeter. They're taking this, this Arbest thing very seriously. Okay. And finally, a Goliath truck rolls down the street. What the fuck is that? A big fucking truck. Okay. It has uh, twin auto cannons on the top of it. This truck comes to arrest, and Detective Genevieve Parker and her crew no way. get out of the truck. She makes some kind of motion. You can hear her say something. You can't quite make it out. And they take the door. They enter the building. The, the gunship now starts sweeping the rest of the buildings in the area. You have a choice. Roll another stealth test. Or roll an athletics test. Uh, roll an athletics test to get out of there. And just to make things fun, I'm giving you 20 seconds to decide. On the um, on the fire escape, there's the door. Are there any windows? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna make a. Uh, would you say an athletics to get out of there? If or- you want to use the window, no test. You just break the window. I'm going to make a stealth test. All right. One second to go. So you're going to try and just drop down as low as you can and just hope that they don't see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to drop down. Give me that stealth test. Difficulty two. Thank God. (laughs) I, I pass. I haven't exalted. Okay. Uh, so the gunship is sweeping back and forth, but now I'm picturing like I'm almost picturing like uh, like a little kid, like you're taking your coat and putting it over your head and just dropping down, trying to get as small as possible. Okay, you can hear the gunship swaying back and forth. You can hear lots of enforcers yelling at each other in like enforcer jargon, certain police codes, right? You know, uh, and you can hear what sounds like somebody being removed from the house. You can hear a couple of irritated comments 
can't really quite make them out, especially with the gunship. You can just hear, because they're yelling too. You know, the gunship is very loud. Right. Uh, you hear the truck start up, and I would say probably after about what seems like an hour, but it was really probably only like five, ten minutes, the street slowly clears out. And after another couple minutes, the street goes silent. Dude, that was some episode. Something has to be said. This whole, like, swatting craze. Yes. I think it's all the rage. Yeah. Backfires a a Twitch Twitch streamer. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the middle of his live stream, he got swatted. (laughs) Just minding his own business. Oh, that poor fuck. Uh, He's in for some interrogation. He sure is. Mm. Um, All right. So uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, we have two... Uh, servitors that are building drugs. Uh, you make a couple of really bad rolls. Yeah. You can't figure out what these drugs are made out of. Uh, you execute the the servitors, uh, and you mention that you feel bad for them. Uh, for those who are unaware, uh, servitors in the forty first millennium uh, come from. From my understanding, they they come from uh, prisons or or derelict people. And they're basically, their souls are kind of removed and replaced with the omnissiah of the machine spirit. And they're fused with machines and they basically become like zombies. Uh, They have no independent thought of their own. Uh, They can be used as guards. They're given very simple instructions and they carry out those instructions to the death. In this case, Slugbelly was using these servitors to build the drugs. Uh, Now maybe because of their, their... cybernetic uh, augmentations. They have very steady hands to craft the drugs and they just do it tirelessly 24 hours a day, never stopping. They basically, they're autonomous. Right. Right. So I guess this is a very small glimpse into whatever, maybe not compassion, but some sort of like empathy that Bannon has. Right. Which is rarely displayed. I mean, when we reference back to the, uh, to the bar scene, or even later on when he has no qualms about executing a few fucking hobos just because they right. witnessed the explosion. Right. You know? So it's it's kind well, of that interesting. Was, that, was an, that was an act of self-preservation. Of course. Um, so you decide that you want to blow the mine. Uh, you utilize your uh, incendiary rounds and fire off into the canisters of completed uh, manufactured wizard. By the way, it's worth noting that you took several vials of wizard for yourself. Right. Uh, to do with whatever... Personal use. Yeah. Recreational. <laughs> uh, the mind blows. Uh, you do a athletics test. And then you are overcome mm. with a cloud. And you start hallucinating. So I guess that that is the wizard. Right? The, the, the gaseous form yes. of the wizard overtook you. Which usually the wizard is injected. So this, I'm sure, is... Uh, would you say that the high from the gaseous cloud was more or less I mean, potent? I would say if you're injecting it directly into your bloodstream and then you're inhaling it, I would say it's probably less strong. 
right naturally would be less strong but this is now a massive cloud from a, a huge depot of this wizard right. so in my mind i picture like being swarmed by this cloud it it's weaker but lasts longer because it's just kind of around and about you right uh you see three naked ladies um having no relation whatsoever to uh D and our campaign over there. When I was listening back, I was kinda laughing that uh just three chicks everywhere. Everywhere we go. We do things in threes. Girls girls grow in threes, like trees. Triforce. Yeah. Um when you wake up, these three women that you saw were not actually women. They're they're three hobos. <laughs> just just trying to make it. Yep. And they made it all right. So you you make the decision to uh I don't want to use the word execute. Silence. And I don't want to use the slaughter, I think is the correct so, word. That's probably a safe bet. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to hear from anybody out there listening if they, they felt as though there was something else that could have been done with those three. Um, I mean, they, not killing them <laughs> comes to mind. Yeah, but they see my face. <laughs> that's true. You know? That's true. And they're going to run right to the TVs they have and... No, but we we come to learn how there are you know enforcers around that are asking questions about Saul, right? right? So who's to say that eventually they don't come around and start asking questions about myself? And I'm convinced that these hobos can be enticed with nothing more than a fucking sandwich, right? So. Well, unless they're illiterate, then they can't look at the picture and they <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. say <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> It's like, look at this picture, stupid. What does reading have anything to do with this? <laughs> well, it worked in the moment. It did. It did. Um, so you decide that you want to go back to your apartment to get some uh, some accoutrements. Yes, yes. And of course, you check on check in on your old friend Salzer. I don't know why, but how, how is he doing? Still dead. Still dead. Still dead. Um, I thought it was a temporary death, kind of like Princess Bride. No, 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 no. Mostly dead. Mostly dead. No, nah, he was full fucking dead. All the way dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full blown dead. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, you get your shit, but on the way, you catch a news broadcast about uh, several missing persons reports. An increase, I guess, in missing persons reports. Uh, moving on, getting to the real meat of the shit. Uh, you decide you want to shack up somewhere for the night, and you come across the silent sanctum. And let me just interrupt really quick, because I think this is a a fairly decent point to make. Now, you you know, for those of you listening, excuse me, like you have to bear in mind again that like we haven't role played in decades. I think that's safe to say decades. Um, uh, Not that I'm patting you on the back, Brian, but I'm definitely going to pay you a compliment. And I I think this is important for people to understand. Yes, yes, yes. Everyone turn your volume up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, record this. Mark this (laughs) date in history. Um, This... This little teaser, in addition to what you've done, I think, in the D&D campaign, is very cool for the player in that you leave these little tidbits of information, and it's one of those things like, hey, do you bite? Like, is this something that you're going to investigate to maybe drive the campaign into a different direction? Is it something that maybe you overlook, and it could potentially have some sort of negative or maybe even positive outcome down the road? And we experienced this in the D&D campaign during... um, uh, which we call during Harrison's travels, when he came across that, uh, you know, the 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 mob 
that right. was at the inn. And it's just one of those things that Harrison decided to to bypass because the, the mission that he was on, I guess the importance in his mind superseded intervening in whatever was going on there. And it's a nice little hook. And again, could have some sort of potential negative or positive impact on the storyline down the road. And I think that's neat. It almost reminds me as being a, uh, a kid and you have those old choose-your-own-adventure stories. And yeah. it's like, look, if you, want to, if you want to save the princess, you turn to page 138. If you want to continue, whatever the case is, you, know, you, you go to this page. And it, it's, I find it to be fascinating because it's not, it's not this like scripted campaign where you're just going from point A to point B, and do you survive? Do you not survive? And you know what the outcome is of whatever combat or you know social interaction that you have. So I, I find that to be uh, imperative to Thank the you. success of a uh, of any campaign. Well, speaking of which, yes. uh, before going into the Silent Sanctum, you pop open that data slate. Um, now going towards the Silent Sanctum. You already, if I understand correctly, you already were planning to visit your buddy Backfire. Yes? Yeah, I think I think based on everything that had happened, yeah, he was my next at least lead that I felt like I've interacted with him before. So, you know, obviously my my buddy in my uh in my apartment complex is dead. I'm not going back to him. So How'd yeah. he die? How did he die? <laughs> Fucking pure savagery. Um yeah, so Backfire was definitely my next live lead to follow before I start getting into whatever information that Bannon is coming across in like data slates or whatever he sees right. on these Voxcasters. Well, it turns out when you pop into this data slate that uh, your buddy Backfire was lying to you, that he wasn't just some low-level mutt. He actually was getting, uh, if I understand correctly, 200 kilograms of wizard uh, we're not sure how often, but right. he was being delivered large quantities. So he's a big-time player. Yeah, yeah. 200 kilograms is not, you know, that, that's a decent yeah. amount of fucking weight. However, there were also several references to something known as the blood bones. Which I, I don't remember. Did we really dive into that? That's something, again. There was a, nothing uh, really to dive into, just that you had never seen this name before. Right. It's obviously a gang, but hmm. you haven't really uh, come across this before. And again, I, th I think we need to keep in mind, um, you know, whatever you think about the pace of the campaign, we, we, still, have to, we still have to remember that, that Bannon is nothing but some fucking, some local guy. You know, he's no superhero or antihero. He is just a guy who is living in this just dreary shithole. Right. Who doesn't like the idea of this wizard or drugs in general. And that's what's funny is prior to the campaign starting, you know, Bannon was just a dude who was just irritated by all this stuff, did not like it. And his buddy Solzer, who rest in peace, God rest his soul. Yes. Gave him some some weapons to deal with a drug dealer uh, and actually gave him the tools necessary to actually start taking action. Yeah. And... Really, now in retrospect, he was being used. He was being used, and in the moment, he didn't realize it because he just has this like vendetta against this drug that's now in in infesting. Yeah, I guess infesting like this this sector that he lives in, this hive, you know, on this hive planet. So you end up going into the silent sanctum, spending the night. Uh, nothing really of note happens there. A lot of homeless people. Um, 
threw a couple of small breadcrumbs at you that you didn't bite on. But other than that, nothing really noteworthy happens in the Silent Sanctum. Uh, the only thing noteworthy that does happen is prior to you getting into the Sanctum while you're looking at this data slate, uh, some enforcers come by, which are like the 41st Millennium version of like local cops. And they give you this data slate. That's when we learn that Bannon can pretend to be illiterate. Uh, looking for a guy by the name of Saul Arbest. And that's really all we know. Uh, you you basically shoo him away. <clears throat> and you make your way to uh, Backfire's location. A big thing happens on the way there. Uh, we're introduced via like a press conference to Detective Genevieve Parker. Who so has, hot. It's so hot. I mean, just just the hottest girl with, I think, long hair was my description of her. Yeah, that's all I needed. <laughs> a girl with long hair, I'm in. Uh, and she vows to find the man responsible for burning down a local bar and murdering a bunch of junkies <laughs> and a bartender. So now you really have to go back and think, like, like if if this was you right and and you committed this crime like that and now you're seeing the uh the chaos in the aftermath of this like just bloodshed in this bar like how does that make you feel right like i i would think like this guy must be fucking excited but nervous right now the law is on to him like they know he wasn't able to destroy the when he went into that back room and he thought maybe potentially he had destroyed the right machine so they wouldn't be able to access these cameras now he sees that it's being broadcast and they have you know this detective well that's what i was going to ask you is does does bannon kind of get like a almost like a serial killer like a like a little kick out of seeing himself on the news at at this point i'm going to say no I'm going to say it's it's probably going to make him nervous, which then leads to him like really trying to ratchet up his uh, the motivation behind getting to backfire. So is he okay with getting caught as long as he can do as much damage as possible before he gets caught? No, his his intent is to never be caught. Just like I would think most people, unless you're an egomaniac and you're that type of person who wants to you know, maybe commit crimes and then tell a story behind it. That's not his intent here at all. If he gets caught, if he gets... Yes. Fuck. If he gets cart, cart. If he gets the cart. All right. So we have four dice, one wrath, uh, difficulty of three. No. Fuck me. I'm solid. Yes. No, he's at this point. He's all about self-preservation, um, and continuing this mission that he's crafted in his head. Uh, I think he's starting to get a little nervous in realizing that now they're aware of what took place in the bar. Um, I think now he's probably starting to see that eventually they're going to end up at the apartment complex where he lives. And in my mind, I picture in a hive world, like this apartment complex, like there's fucking an numerous amount of people that live in this building. And obviously coming in and out, going to work, they're going to recognize me. They're gonna know that I've talked with the, uh, you know, with my buddy who's now fucking rotting in a chair in his apartment. It, things are definitely leading back to him, and I think it's making him a little, a little nervous. The walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. Um, so you end up finding backfire, and you choose not to confront him on the street. Why? I I think. The reason behind that, 
I think Bannon's maybe a bit of a sadist. He he kind of saw what went well. Does it have anything to do with collecting teeth? It might. <laughs> it might have something to do with teeth. Yes. No. Um, I think he wanted to get him in his house, in hopes that you know nobody nobody would be alerted to anything going on there. Right. We can kind of like lock it down, and he can take his time and try to extract as much information from him as possible. You know, inside the confines of his house as opposed to doing it on the street someplace and then being spotted. Because he's starting to see, you know, again, now his his information is, or at least his, um, the trail that he's leaving behind is being picked up by the local media, the local authorities. Now they have this this detective assigned to the case. It's making the media. Um, I think maybe he's trying to contain uh, his actions so he doesn't get caught. Because again, this is all new to him. It's not like before this he was some fucking like mass murderer, right? You know, he was right. a guy working in a fucking what, like, like a, a landfill, uh, like a landfill, you know. So and just kind of snapped or had enough, right? So you uh, you find Saul, uh, not Saul. You find uh, Backfire, and he's got like a private house. And the imagery I was trying to go for is you're in like a downtown district with tall skyscrapers. And then just this short, squat little concrete building in the middle of all of this uh, with one door in, one door out, no windows. And I, I, in the episode, I even referred to it as picture like the tire repair place in the middle of Brooklyn. That's just this shitty little concrete building right? Uh, with one way in. And thanks to more enforcers looking for this Saul Arbest character, uh, you end up missing your chance to follow him into his house. Now the doors are locked and there's no way to get in. And this is where things get interesting. Um, I was fully prepared for you to walk away, go back maybe to the silent sanctum and try again the next day. But it seems that Bannon will not be dissuaded. No, and I think that's part of his personality. Like once he's there, he's in it. There is no let's regroup. And to a fault, I can see that, you know, um, not that I want to say I could see that being his downfall, but I can definitely see that is a negative aspect to his personality. Like, he is just fucking fixated. Right. You know, he sees Red, and he's already been introduced to this guy. He sees this guy pushing drugs on the street, and now he just has his crosshairs on him. He's going to get to him no matter what. Right now. Right now. So you decide to swat him. Uh, you call... It's all the rage. Yes. Yes. All the rage from 2019 all the way into the, the 41st millennium. We're there. Uh, you decide to call the local enforcers, and it's pretty clever. Um, you decide to tell them that this guy backfired, and you use his real name, uh, which is I have it in my notes here. Did you put a, uh, a picture of that book up on Instagram? I did. Uh, Roscoe Church. Yes. You decide to use his real name, I believe. And you say that he's inside of his house with Saul Arbest. Because why not? <laughs> Let's roll the dice and see what happens. And then we get into, uh, as the episode comes to a close, we get into a bevy of roles. And you are the master of succeeding with complications. Th this session, at least, was success with success. Su fuck, su success. 
<laughs> it was success with Con- I was imitating uh, Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. <laughs> Your mother's a whore. <laughs> Damn it, two oh, icons. Man, shit, three is not the way to go. I have an exalted icon. What, on your wrath? Oh. No, just got, one exalted. I got very nervous. Very nervous. Uh, you are extraordinarily adept at succeeding with failures. Which I have to say, dude, this whole system that they've created for this game, I think is awesome. I'll like, say right now, the, the the system is awesome. Um, as far as D6 pools go, because uh, I've been reading the rules for Shadowrun, mm. uh, as far as D6 goes, it, it's a good system. My problem is they they layer too many systems on top of each other, and we haven't really gotten into that quite yet. Um, they It seems like it's... It seems like I'm not smart enough to figure out the answer to this, but reading the rules, it seems like there's a simpler way to get to the same conclusion. But we have the rules. Uh, right. But it, I think for what it is, you know, the, the fact, it, it seems very simple. Look, you have a target number. There are modifiers to that number. And the the idea of adding this fucking wrath dice, dude, it just makes it, it just adds a layer to the role right. playing that you would not get without it. So right. just by the role of one stupid fucking die, it, it changes the complexity of a situation. Because when you compare this to D&D, you know, if, if you crit hit, fine, you're still hitting and, you know, you're just going to do double damage. You're going to roll on a crit table and whatever happens, happens. If you fumble, or as some losers like to say, not, well, not you in particular, Brian, but, you know, the crit fucking miss, um, you know, you miss and there's some negative story that's going to be attached to that. Right. You know, like, you, oh, you fall on the ground, you go prone. I, I think the dialogue that takes place between like the player and the GM, I think is the coolest fucking thing. Like you create like a new element to the story, which is fun. So yes, for some reason, my roles in this are better when, when I roll dice for wrath and glory versus the D and D campaign. My roles in a D and D campaign are fucking awful at times. So Um, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like succeeding with a, with a failure is, is a neat concept. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for context, like Shadowrun 5th Edition, like I said, I've been, I've been reading the rules for that, and to get a critical success uh, with your dice pool, if half or more of your dice roll a 6, that's a critical success. If you roll half or more 1s, that's a critical hmm. failure. They they don't really seem like they do this kind of... You, you fail with a benefit or you pass with a detriment. Right. Um, right. It's one or the other. Y- yeah. Uh, so originally I think your plan was we're going to go up on the roof and just kind of watch everything from the roof. But because you failed forward, there was no access to the roof. Right. Uh, and now we're making this decision of, uh, I believe it was, do you want to do a stealth test or a strength test uh, or a tech test to get into the building or to try and hide? Because now, after you swat this guy, not only do the enforcers show up, uh, and this was done on purpose. This was like there's there's motorbikes going up and down the street. There's there's choppers in the air. Uh, this is a big deal, and of course, Detective Genevieve Parker shows up. I did not think it was going to get this big. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I just figured that they were going to come, bust down the door, 
grab this guy, fucking drag him out, maybe do a preliminary search of the place, and then leave. That way, right. it would gain me access into his place. Because um, Bannon's logic was, look, if I can't get him, the next best thing is to at least search his place for some clues, some information that I can use going forward. Yeah, that didn't happen. And by the way, kudos to you for putting me on a timer for some of the roles, like some of the yeah. decisions to make. Dude, it's fucking stressful. It's not easy. Like when when here you have this character that you invest this time into and now it's like, okay, you have five seconds to decide if you're going to do a tech test to try to gain entry into the door or strength test if you're going to fucking jump to the, the roof line or whatever the case is. Dude, it adds a lot of stress as a player, especially a solo player where you don't have other guys to sit there and try to bounce ideas off of. Like, dude, what, what do you think we should do? There is none of that. It's right. all in your head, what you think in the moment, what needs to be done with your guy. And I, I think that's very, very cool. Well, I, I specifically did that because after we did that session, you were talking about how you feel like you're way too overcautious and you overanalyze everything. Yeah. So I thought of, uh, it can be overdone, so I'm not going to do it a lot, but a fun way to stop you from doing that would be a timer. Yeah. Which, in a situation like that, I thought was fucking perfect. Like, you have the law. You know, they're, they're going to be scanning. They're going to be looking. So that is, like, the ultimate time to, to do something like that, which I think is great. And, and it goes against my thought process right. in playing a character, which I think is, um, you know, puts me on my toes, yeah. which is fun, you know? I'd rather be uncomfortable and make a decision which will impact the character than sit there and, like, like methodically try to plan out every action to make sure that, you know, I have this, like, overall perseverance of my guy and things in my mind go according to plan. So as the episode comes to a close... Uh or I should say as the gameplay session comes to a close, uh, Genevieve is dragging Backfire into some kind of uh, enforcer vehicle and whisking him away. She's so hot. So uh, long hair. It's beautiful. <laughs> Just flowing hair. It's great. Uh, any last thoughts on this gameplay session? Who's Redbreast? Who is Redbreast? These are <laughs> these are questions that need to be answered. Uh, all right. Well, to Cuisinart, dude. I'll never. Uh, I shouldn't even say that because it makes such good stuff. <laughs> Please send me my fucking carafe. Uh, to Redbreast, a great Irish whiskey. Hopefully, a better NPC. <laughs> to Genevieve, she's so hot. Long hair. Two dice and pipes. <laughs>